Coming directly from the horseshoe crowd capital of the world. Get a leg up and get ready for the hydrant. And now, the man who piloted L. Ron Hubbard's spaceship, your host, Jim Cooper. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the hydrant. With me this week is Becky Parker Geist. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah. Becky is the founder and CEO of Pro Audio Voices, Inc., which is based in Portland. And I'll let you make the announcement since you just told me what's what's the big news there. Well, the big news for us is we have been able to launch Amplify Audiobooks, which is a, a, a direct sale platform for authors so they can uh, earn way higher royalties, have way, way more control, and um, really have a greater impact with their audiobooks. That's awesome. Congratulations with that. I'll Thank you. Keep an eye out for it and, and push it whenever I can. <laughs> Becky was is an author. She started writing very early on, around age six. When she got to high school, the theater kind of took her away. And it's weird because I had the exact same experience because I was, mm-hmm. used to love to write. And then when I got to high school, theater just kind of took over at that point. So uh, I get that. Uh, she has co-founded two theater companies in her career. Uh, she's worked uh, just on both coasts between San Francisco and off-Broadway. She's all over the place. She serves as president of the Bay Area Independent Publishers Association. She is a member of the Visionary Fiction Alliance. What is that? Oh, it's a group of authors that are working in that that genre, that realm of uh, sort of magical realism. Visionary fiction is the the genre, though it's it's small, but you know, it's growing, I think. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, I just like the name, Visionary Fiction Alliance. Yeah. Sounds, sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, Becky's written some children's books and some nonfiction books, but she has a brand new book out, relatively new book out, called The Left Turn, Two Lives, Worlds Apart. And she's billing this as book one in the Split Universe series. This is kind of a departure for you from a writing standpoint. Is this talk about how you came to to come with with this whole split universe idea? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is a departure, and it's not something I actually planned. It just <laughs> just like the way it works. I know. I was like on a bike ride in San Francisco <laughs> with my now ex husband, and uh, it was that moment you know we have all the we all have those what ifs so what if i just did this totally crazy thing in this moment instead of just i don't know maybe every dawn doesn't have them but i think we all do uh you know we we think what if i did this other thing and this totally out of character it was one of those moments but the thing that was different about it is like this whole scene formed in my head and it stayed there and so i thought okay well eventually i thought i'll write it down and then that kept happening. So I uh, I ended up with all these different scenes and they populated into my head over many weeks. Eventually I thought, well, now I got to figure out how it all pieces together. So that's kind of the way it came to me. But the, the content itself, the story itself is very, you know, it feels like a journey that I have been on okay. in terms of like personal growth and like, getting a different view of the universe and, and how things maybe function, you know, it's all a, quite a mystery. That's cool. It sounds really neat. <laughs> I really want to <laughs> dig into it. You have, of course, because we talked about this earlier, 
with Pro Audio Voices and the new audiobook platform, you've actually got your own podcast about audio connection behind the scenes with the creative teams. And so you've yeah. been really kind of focusing a little bit on the writing, but mostly the audiobook area has been really taking yeah. your full attention. Yes. How did right. that come about? Yeah, well, I came into it from the acting side of things. So I got my MFA in acting and and like one of my first jobs out of grad school was narrating for Talking Books for the Blind. Mm -hmm. And um, I was only really a few contracts into it because it was all contract by contract when I was told, uh, and it felt really good to hear that I was one of the most popular narrators in there, you know, on the team. And so they hired me full time and it generally... And most of the other, all the other narrators were just one contract at a time. That's how, right. how you function. So I did, I was just working full time, solid, doing audiobooks for uh, the two years that I was able to be there. And then I, I moved to California and that changed. But that was what brought me into it. And then I ended up, uh, I, I had a, a little bit of a, I always was in theater, but I had a little bit of a break from uh, the audiobook world because. At the time, this is early 80s, there really wasn't uh, and the easy in-home studio. That was that was not in something that was easily affordable uh, at the time. At that time, right. Yeah. Uh, and things obviously have shifted dramatically, but <laughs> which has been great. Has been really great. I, I came back to audiobooks in about 2011 and then started Pro Audio Voices in 2013. It's been an awesome journey because audiobooks are so hot uh, right. and so popular. It's, it's a great place to be. With uh, so much talk going on, and I narrate audiobooks, and so I'm keened into this. What kind of impact is AI going to make on this industry? Yeah. Well, it's making an impact, uh, certainly. Right. Um, in the audiobook realm, you know, I've had a lot of conversations around this, about this. And my personal opinion is that they're trying to solve a problem in the wrong kind of way. Uh, you know, it's it's like, why on earth would you take, I, I have this cartoon in my head, which is like this guy with a, a, a mop, you know, the janitorial staff who's got this AI machine next to him and says, oh, yeah, it's not so bad. I just, you know, I have my AI write books and read them to me. You know, it's like, why would we turn over our greatest gift, our greatest uh, creative expression to machines? I, I don't get it. I've, so, I've I've had that argument with with a lot of different people, especially when when people started talking about you know Chat GPT, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that bugs me because that is just a step, a small step, but a step nonetheless down the road of we don't have to think and we don't have to yeah. be creative, and and that's to me, especially with writing, that's the whole point. It's you know everyone's right. so focused on publishing and getting the money, and that's that's not. Yeah what a writer does. A writer writes and yeah. is creative and uses their brain. Yeah. I think that there, you know, it is, it's having an impact. You know, it is, people are trying it. And I personally, I don't think it will ever, no matter how good it gets, no matter how hard it might be to detect between an AI voice, you know, if they get it really good, I still think that there is something 
we'll call it spiritual just for a use of this word, but there's something so fundamentally essential to the the communication that happens between one human and another human that transcends time and space. You know, we're doing we're transcending time and space all the time in the recording studio. You know, we, right. we're in the booth, we're recording, we're talking to our audience very specifically, but they're not with us in this time and space. They will be listening later. On one hand, it's not even going to matter if technically they get it, quote, perfect. Mm-hmm. Essentially, fundamentally, there's still something that's going to be missing. And I think that even if we're not conscious of it, we will be impacted by it. And so oh, I sure. think, yeah. And so I think that there's going to, you know, that we're having this, this, I will call it, uh, I'll call it a blip. And I only mean in this one realm because AI is with us to stay. I get that. Yeah, it's not going anywhere at this yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I, it has its place. I, I, you know, I'm not like against AI. I'm just, I'm against it narrating audiobooks because I think that's not its best place. That's not where it belongs. Right. There's a, there's a, and there's, there's just a human aspect that, and you call it spirituality, which I think is perfect. They're just never going to be able to replicate that. Again, you said even if they get it perfect, there's that piece that that's going to be missing. And if if we lose that piece, I think we're in deep trouble. I mean, yeah. it's just not going to happen. But so for the moment, we haven't completely jumped off the cliff. But thankfully, everyone's talking about it at least and yeah. saying, yeah. "Hey, let's think twice about doing this before we do it." Yeah. And yeah. and the other side of that coin is. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, and I know I've seen it. There is, especially from an independent standpoint, there is so much junk written out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to pay any money because it's not going to sell anyway. And, okay, so they're going to turn to AI and do their do the book. And that's, you know what, fine. Yeah. At that end of the spectrum, <laughs> have a party. Right. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> Right. But, you know, I, I don't see any of the – I can't yeah. see the big publishers embracing this. But Right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that there's – you know, there's always going to be the people that are, are just trying to get in on something, but they don't really have the, the care, the, the passion that is driving them to do the actual writing, like you described, you know, right. where that, that creative process, engaging in that is a powerful thing. More, even more so, I think, than, I mean, as a writer, I would say even more so than the publication, certainly, you know, but the the process of wrestling with those words, trying to find the exact way that the expression fits, you know, these are, these are ways that we grow as people in the process. And then we share that, that finished Sort of finished, maybe never finished. I don't know. Uh, uh, that, I understand that. <laughs> that expression, you know, that that we go. Okay, at this point, I'm going to publish it. You know, I'm going to share it with with others, and then they're going to go through their own personal experience with it. And you know, I had a, a guest on my podcast not that long ago who was talking about his his daughter, who is a writer, and how she was saying, even if the words were exactly the same, and this comes back to what you were saying, even if the words were exactly the same in a finished paragraph, 
One was created by a human who went through all the process of the cre that creative process, and one that was just generated by AI. There's a difference. Yep. Yeah. Being from San Francisco, I'm sure you've heard the name Anne Lamott, who is one of my favorite writers oh, yes. of, mm -hmm. of all time. And her book, Bird by Bird, which was just, that's the book that got my fire started of mm -hmm. here's what writing means. Yeah. And yeah. in her book, you know, she uh, she used to hold classes and she'd say, who's here to, because they want to publish a book and, and you know, half the class raised their hands and she's like, that's not what writing is about. You know, mm -hmm. writing is about, just as you said, wrestling with the words, wrestling with the characters, living with those characters over a period of time and giving them their personality and their depth and all that stuff. And I don't see how that's going to happen from an AI standpoint, that yeah. that effort and humanity that goes into the words and the characters. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see it translating very it, well. It can't because it's, you know, all it's doing is gathering everything else that's already been created by humans and right. mishmashing it up and turn, churning out something else. Right. <laughs> right. Not better or worse, just different and else. But it's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I agree with you. Um, well, good luck with the Split Universe series. I, I, I hope that takes off for you. Having written two books, I understand <laughs> that side of it, so I get it. It's like, now what do I do with it? So, all right, let me ask you some of these goofy questions and see where it takes us. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Uh, I think about Glenn Close, and and here's why, if it's okay to answer. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 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 here's why. For the longest time, I... I, you know, I've thought uh, that she and I should be playing like sisters or, you know, relatives to each other. And, and so I've always had that. There was, And then I found out at a certain point that like her father lived in Marin County where I was living or, you know, and I thought, well, oh, that's interesting. Who knows? Maybe something, <laughs> you know. I think that would work. I mean, there's there's a, a facial similarity there, too, yeah. that I think will, would work. That's a, that's a great pick. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Oh, there's so many, actually. I I love the sound of laughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's Maybe one. that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. That's popular. The other yeah. side of the coin, what sound or noise do you hate? The sound of like a table being, a metal table being dragged across cement, you know, that sort of like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Last, I, I will say, there was uh, last night on the plane, there was uh, one of the flight attendants, lovely person, but when she blasted into that, she I don't know if she was like shouting into that microphone, and it, her, the tenor of her voice has just that certain, <laughs> that certain pitch, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it kind of makes your spine decalcify. And it's, just like, it's, like, it's like, please stop talking. Please yeah. stop. Yes. Whisper. Do yes. anything. Shh, bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> what song should play every time you walk into a room? Uh, okay, so the first one that comes to mind is Born to be Wild. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great song on top of anything else. Okay. That would that would work. Yeah, I've always thought of myself as a, a bit of a rebel. So. 
That's that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> what movie makes you laugh no matter how many times you've seen it? I could never. So it's either Bruce Almighty or Al- Almighty Bruce. <laughs> and Jim I know what you mean. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I can never seem to remember which way it goes, but uh, that uh, that gets me every time. I, yeah, pretty amazing. That's cool. <laughs> what breed of dog would you be? I would be a mutt, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a mutt. And uh, there'd probably be some beagle in there. <laughs> We've never had anyone that gone, has gone that route before. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right. Whatever works. What food will you absolutely not, under any circumstances, eat? We'll say monkey brain. (laughs) I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen that at the grocery store, but okay. (laughs) Well, if you want to, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm a vegetarian, so I, uh, like most meats, I won't, I don't eat i choose not to eat and you know the further you go away from sort of mainstream you know beef chicken the less likely i am to eat it right okay yeah gotcha i wouldn't eat i wouldn't eat octopus either maybe that's a little more common i don't know you don't have a problem with like lima beans or um i i eat lima well i don't like go out of my way I, I am willing to eat lima beans. I had to eat them as a child. I was required. <laughs> I, I get it. So was I. That's why I hate them now. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Maybe fuck. That might be. That's it's the it's the champion. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? Okay, I've never had this flavor, but uh, these are two uh, two flavors that I think kind of would fit me. So, espresso caramel. Oh, Ooh, that's uh, I uh, yeah. I'm I you know now I kind of want to like find some place that has yeah that combination well, right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make that. Uh, that just sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Who's your favorite fictional hero or heroine? Okay, here's the, this. I, I was just thinking about these books. Uh, one of my favorite authors is Jojo Moyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, her books have, uh, well, a couple of them that are in a series. Uh, me Before You and, yeah, Me Before You. So the, the main character, the female character is so... Um, the path of her growth is so beautiful and so real. Uh, I, that's one of the things I love about Jojo Moyes' uh, works is that right. her characters are so uh, deliciously flawed. <laughs> <laughs> Aggravatingly. In, in fiction, if they're not flawed, they're boring. I mean, yeah, you got to yeah. give, that's, that's what makes the depth of the character. They can't just yeah. be one thing. Yeah. And then if I were to go in a whole different direction, you know, I might go into the Harry Potter realm and, you know, yep. the front too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. Okay, let's do a kind of an either or thing. I'm going to give you two things and you tell me what your preference is. Okay. Passenger or driver? Hmm. 
Ah. Hmm. Oh. Depends who's driving. <laughs> Depends who's driving. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So there's just as an example, we were uh, we were just in Puerto Vallarta, and we had a driver taking us to the hotel, and it was a terrifying experience. Definitely would rather be driving <laughs> than riding with. On the other hand, my partner is an excellent driver, and I'm very happy to be a, a passenger when he's driving. <laughs> so I enjoy both, and so and, and similarly, you know, with the, that as a metaphor, I very much enjoy being a leader. I also enjoy the role of being supportive and following others and being a part of a team. So, two Reese's cups or half gallon of ice cream. All in one sitting. If it was all in one sitting, right. I'd say the Reese's okay. because they're smaller. But um, <laughs> both delicious. Yeah. A whole half gallon would <laughs> be a bit much. Yeah. Bananas or watermelon? Oh, bananas. Live theater or movies? Live theater. Notorious or unnoticed? Notorious. Toilet paper over or under? Over. Eggs, omelet or scrambled? Omelet. Amusement park or day at the beach? Day at the beach. Texting or calling? There again, it depends a little bit on the person, who it is. Right. If it's like someone I love, I'm going to, I would love to, you know, I love calling. Right. I will often text. In terms, in practice, I will often text first because a lot of the people I know that I might be wanting to call uh, you know, are busy working and stuff like that. So I want to make and sure it's it, a good it time. usually falls. It usually falls that way. I mean, if it, it seems like it's a business, it's texting. If it's personal, it's calling because it's, it's two different yeah. types of interaction. So I get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which superpower would you rather have invisibility or shape shifting? Shape shifting. Almost a hundred percent of people say that. that that's interesting. Okay. Hmm. Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or bathing for a month? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cell phone. I would give up cell phone before bathing. <laughs> this one is kind of a no-brainer for you since you're a vegetarian, but I'll ask you anyway. Okay. Would you rather have to eat only liver for the rest of your life or be forced to watch an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians every day? Uh, well, I wouldn't enjoy watching, but I would do the watching instead. <laughs> <laughs> kind of figured that's where you had to go. <laughs> would you rather be two inches tall or twenty feet tall? Oh, how interesting! I think I might rather be two inches tall because I could climb up high and see things if I w wanted to. But okay, uh, you know, there are advantages to being small. I've found. Okay. I mean, I'm not that small. I'm not okay, you, you're not doing just tall. Five four. I'm doing. <laughs> okay, got it. Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly? Fly. Would you rather go skydiving in a rainstorm or climb the antenna at the top of the Empire State Building on a windy day? Uh wow, those are. I don't really want to do either of those, but I guess I would do skydiving 
Okay. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, no, I, I'd be dead either way. So <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have whatever you are thinking appear in a bubble above your head for everyone to read or have everything you do live streamed for everyone to watch? Uh, oh, wow. What interesting questions. Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe I would have everyone watch me. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. I'm a performer, you know, so I suppose I would have an easier time with that. <laughs> okay. The actor side, you know, kind of yeah. takes over on that. Yeah. If someone came up to you and said, okay, I really want to do audiobooks. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you would tell them they have to do? Meaning? Uh, Assuming they have no training. They've never done this before. This just, is brand new. This is something they want to explore. What, was the, what would be the first thing you would tell them to do? As, as an actor? Do you, as I mean, an as, actor. As, as an as actor. A, as an actor. Uh, the first actor. thing I would, I would tell them to do is to, uh, is to read lots of books out loud to their kids, to their family, to themselves. To, that's, what I, that's where I would start. If they have no experience, it's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Or go volunteer at the library and, and read, yeah. read, read to kids. To I have Absolutely. a friend who does that all the time and it's just, she just loves doing it. So it's yeah. okay. Let's, let's flip that around. Then someone comes to you and says, okay, I really want to be a writer. Mm -hmm. How do I start? Uh, get a computer or a pen or, you know, whatever you just start writing, just write whatever journal journaling is a really great way to get things flowing and to start thinking about what's, what's of interest to you. Right. Yeah. Right. I, uh, struggled a long time with, and finally the, I befriended an author who said, look, stop trying to make it perfect when you sit down. Mm -hmm. Just write the first draft out. Who can yeah. you don't go back and correct it? Don't reread it. Just keep writing, writing every day. Keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And when you're at the end of your first draft, then you go back and and do the things. But if you try to make it perfect as you go through, you'll never get there. Yeah, yeah. I find that that sounds very true to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I struggled with that a lot because I would write and I was like, no, that's not right. And I'd go back and I'd go back and yeah. I was like, no, I can't do that. So. Yeah, yeah, I have that experience as well. <laughs> so that's why that's why I'm thinking, you know, and and I've been given that advice and uh, have found that when I follow it, uh, you know, I don't always follow it, but when I follow it, it it tends to work much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's and there's and I found that there's this clarity that when you're done with the first draft, mm -hmm. it's like I really don't have to think it through to the extent that I did before, now I can go back and live through it and see where the characters actually take me, you know, cause the first right. draft, I'm just putting stuff down. Oh, this would sound good. This would sound good. And sometimes I write stuff that the, the characters, that's not right for that character. And yeah, you start yeah. to really dig into the characters more and how they relate. And it's a, that's a different ball right. game than just getting everything down on paper. Right. And being the, trying to be the writer and the editor at the same time is, uh, you know, you, you get those warring entities inside of you. It's not, not, 
<laughs> Not you helpful. The, you get the two little Flintstone characters, you know, one on either shoulder, <laughs> the, one the yep. angel, and they're constantly battling. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fred and Barney. Fred and Barney. Just, it's a perfect example. It's a perfect example. So. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate oh, you doing this. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. If you want to know more about Becky, whether it's through Pro Audio Voices or you can always look up her books on, on Amazon. They're all out there. Uh, what is the best way for people to to reach you for Pro Audio Voices? Is that uh, BeckyParkerGeist.com? Uh, I would actually suggest ProAudioVoices.com. Okay. It's the best cool. way to find us. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Amplify Audiobooks is also there. So that's... Uh, you'll yeah, find good it. luck with that. I, I hope that really takes off for you. Yeah. That, that would be great. Uh, it's sort of like the Etsy of audiobooks, you know. It's uh, <laughs> authors finally getting... At actually getting to have some control over their audiobooks. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Thank you again for doing Thank this. You. Thank you for listening and watching. And we'll see you again next time on The High Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on The Hydrant. The Hydrant announcer is Allison Steele. For outstanding VO coaching and voice acting services, visit Allison at allisonsteele.com. That's Allison with a Y and Steele with no E at the end. Shoot me an email with any comments, questions, worthwhile recipes at bigdog at jimcoopervo.com. This episode copyright 2023 by Jim Cooper VO and Nat Lancor Audio which is solely responsible for its content. No reproduction by writing, recording, reposting, smoke signals, AI voice loading, Morse code, or any other electronic or manual recording method known to man is allowed without prior written consent. Come back and play with us next week as the steady stream of outstanding guests continue at the Hydrant.